The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen. Amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. The Gospel of the Lord. In our present day, one does not tend to hear the faithful talk with great enthusiasm of their devotion to St. Lawrence the Martyr. And that's a shame. He is one of the truly great witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ that Christian history has produced. And while it is understandable to a certain extent that in a more modern age, more recently canonized figures captivate our attention. It is vitally important that we don't forget our history and those great, in fact, gigantic examples of courage and holiness, which have made the holiness of later generations possible. Lawrence is one such figure. He is one of the seven deacons uh, serving in the Church of Rome, the holiest, the greatest of those seven deacons, whose service in caring for the poor of the city in the name of Christ was remarkable. But remarkable not simply because he was faithful and not simply because he was generous with the wealth of the church, but because he never lost sight of the joyful fact that he himself was first a beggar. Not literally, he didn't come from a poor family as far as we know, but before the Lord he understood that every single one of us is little more than a poor beggar in need of help. And he, in his humility, never had a need to think of himself otherwise. And so he was that one who first was fed and cared for from the table of grace in the church. And having received that gift of mercy and salvation joyfully and completely, he lived in that joy. This is why our first reading is chosen for this feast day. Lawrence is that great cheerful giver in Christian history. He is that one who didn't serve grudgingly, but joyfully. He is that one who was generous, not just with material wealth, but with himself, 
with his time and with his person in all the ways that he served. And with particular joy and particular generosity, odd as it may be to hear this, he was generous in his service at the altar. And one might well say, Father, how does that work? The deacon has a very specific job. It's the same job every time. How do you do that generously? But a priest or a deacon or one of the faithful can assist and attend at Mass generously or not. And it's about how open our hearts are, how present our lives are to the great saving mystery that we celebrate. And Lawrence did not hold himself back. He did not close himself off during the action of the altar. But he asked and begged and offered himself every single time along with the offering of the body and blood of Christ to be fully at the service of the Lord and his church. And so his worship of God was not a reluctant, not a grudging worship, not a reluctant, not a grudging prayer. His great desire was to become like the sacrament he celebrated. He understood that assisting at the altar should change us into the likeness of the one who is on the altar. To that extent that we too offer ourselves for the salvation the feeding, the care of the world. His charity was the result of his prayer. Joyfully he celebrated at the altar and joyfully he went forth from that altar to carry that mystery into the world. This was so true that during the great persecution that took the life of Pope Sixtus, Lawrence, as he sees the Holy Father being led away in chains, walks up to the Holy Father through the soldiers to complain. Imagine that. And he comes to Pope Sixtus and says, how is it, how is it possible that you have me by your side every day while you offer the body and blood of Christ. And now you go to offer your body and blood in his service and I'm not with you. Just think about those words for a moment. How is it that I could be with you here at the altar? where we offer the saving sacrifice. And now you go, and you get to offer yourself, and you leave me behind. How many of us could say that? How many of us would even think that? This is the example we honor today. This is the one we celebrate. And note how he sees this Martyrdom itself as an act of worship. 
not simply an act of testimony, not simply an act of witness, that the completion for him of being united to the action of the altar is a complete giving of himself over for the glory of God. What an absolutely remarkable and powerful idea. And it is this idea of Lawrence that is echoed every time a man is ordained. Because in the prayers by which one is prepared is the command to become like the sacrifice that is celebrated. Lawrence is that one in no small measure who taught the body of Christ this beautiful truth with such unbelievable clarity. The Holy Father looked at his enthusiastic deacon that day and said, oh, don't you worry. You'll follow along soon enough. In fact, in three days, you will follow me to the altar in heaven. And shortly after the Holy Father gave his life, the prefect of the city summoned Lawrence to his office because he had heard about Lawrence. And what he had heard was that Lawrence the deacon was the one entrusted with distributing the goods of the church to the poor. And so he gave the order, bring me the treasures of the church. And Lawrence smiled looked at the prefect and said, I will do just that. And so he went out. And as the poor came for bread, he said, you come with me. And as the ill came for relief, he said, and you come with me too. We're going to pay the prefect a visit. And he brought the beggars. He brought the needy. He brought the mad. He brought the ill. He brought all of those society looks down upon or simply doesn't look at at all. And he said, you asked for the treasure of the church, and here it is. And this was not a political statement, this gesture of Lawrence. This also was not some false, sugar-coated, pious generosity which makes lovely statements about care for the poor, but does nothing. Lawrence did this because first in his heart he treasured them. And he treasured them the way Christ treasures all of those who need him. And what Lawrence was saying to the prefect in this gesture was that you are more like them than you realize. You and all of your wealth and all of your power and all of your authority. Christ treasures you too, but he doesn't see you as the mighty prefect of Rome. He sees you as one of these, because that is who we are. This is a man who learned to see with the eye of Christ love with the heart of Christ and act with the joyful boldness of Christ. Needless to say, the prefect was not pleased and refused to get the memo. 
And so Lawrence was condemned to death. A condemnation he received, we are told, with a smile. Because the Holy Father's promise to him was about to be fulfilled. And Lawrence was sentenced to a particularly gruesome form of martyrdom, to be roasted alive over hot coals. And there are various accounts of the martyrdom of Lawrence, all of which agree on one thing. Despite the pain and the horror of this, there was an unbreakable joyfulness about this man. Personally, my favorite version of the account, because all of the accounts agree that Lawrence said something as this was happening. And my personal favorite version is that he turned to his torturers and said, flip me over, boys, I'm done on this side. What a spirit. This witness to that great joy of salvation which no pain in the world can overcome. Was his body racked with pain? Yes, it was. It's not that he didn't feel it. But within him, he felt something greater. It's not that he didn't suffer. It's that his heart was so united to the mystery of the cross of Christ that that suffering was a joy for him and a consolation for him. Because here he was offering himself. And he knew that this gift of his life in the service of the church, in the service of the gospel, was something that was pleasing to the Lord. He was dying, in a sense, as he lived. And the center of his life was the action of the altar. He did not look for martyrdom. He didn't seek it out. He didn't recklessly throw his life away. But when the moment came, he laid it down and offered it willingly and joyfully. And so it was, it wasn't that the might of Rome took his life from him, but he could say with Jesus Christ, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. And he will give me the ability to take it up again. Because he will give it back to me. And I lay it down, not in Rome, but I lay it into the hand of the Lord to whom I have always belonged. And after Lawrence was martyred, the poor instinctively found their way to his tomb. And they prayed there. And what happened? Day after day after day, the holy deacon who cared for them in their poverty while he was alive, now glorious alive in heaven, answered their prayers and still cared for them in their need. In fact, this deacon still does so. Joyfully at the altar of God in heaven, he worships, even as we gather here. 
joyfully and generously from that altar he asks for we poor children of Rome, because that is who we are, those graces that we in our poverty need. This is the one we celebrate today. A witness unlike any other in our tradition. A bold, invincible joyfulness. An unshakably great generosity. It's a witness that we speak far too little about, but it is also a witness that is alive and well in the church. And some of you may have seen on the news the reports of a priest that was murdered in France yesterday. He was my friend. He's one of us, a member of the Company of Mary. And his life was taken by one of those poor and afflicted. A man with psychological issues who had set the cathedral in the, the town of Nantes on fire a year ago. Under government custody, but released, and no one would accept him. And so our men did through the court program. And they did care for him. And at some point, this deeply disturbed man snapped. And he took the life of the priest who had done so much for him. It's a horrible, horrible tragedy on the one hand. And if one looks at it with the eyes of worldly thinking, one would say, why would you risk yourself in that way? Why would you open your door to one capable of such things? And the answer our men gave was the same answer that Lawrence gave. If we don't, who's going to? And if we can't look at those most troubled, most disturbed in the world with the eye of Jesus Christ and see them as a treasure too, then what does it mean to, to say that we do this at the altar? When the Lord died for that one too. And so Father Olivier, whose life was so violently snatched away from us, didn't lose his life at all. Or better, he lost it earlier when he said to Jesus through Mary, I am all yours and all that I have is yours. And I joyfully give myself to care for those most wounded and most afflicted, as you did. Jesus gave himself into the hands of the poor of the world, too, because we're all poor. And we all know how Mary got him back at the foot of the cross. Those who give themselves to the care of the wounded, the care of the needy, risk this all the time. And yet they keep taking the risk. And so even as we mourn in the company of Mary, Father Olivier's passing, oh, we celebrate his life. And we celebrate his example. 
because he died exactly as he lived, united to the cross and the self-giving of Jesus. It may not have been a gentle ending to his life, but it was a great ending in that sense. As his savior spent himself totally to bring healing to a world that is far too tragically broken to even realize how far fallen it is, so too do those who truly live for the service of God. And it is good to reflect on Father Olivier in the light of the joy of St. Lawrence, that joyful martyr who wanted nothing more than to become a living image of the great sacrament at which he assisted every single day. The Lord doesn't call all of us to such dramatic things, but he does call us to risk being changed a bit more fully each time we are here into the image of this great, this terribly great and terribly beautiful self-giving, which is the very source and summit of everything that we do in the church. And as we allow that to happen, joyously, generously, the grace of God reaches out into the world through his church. And the poverty of the world is enriched and embraced. Lawrence understood. He was first that treasure that Christ loved and sought. And in seeing that in himself, he saw that in his brothers and sisters. Father Olivier, my brother, my friend, saw likewise. What a marvelous way of seeing the true greatness of life. Amen.